Hey, it's James from Royal Credit Union's Money Donuts podcast. We're talking about a word that scares a lot of people. It's fraud. This individual, they were bombarding that phone so much that the person got a new phone number. There was a note, a sticky note on the outside of their door saying, what is your new phone number? What? So they hired, the scammer hired someone on Craigslist to place that note there. Listen to Money Donuts on your favorite podcast platform or watch full videos at rcu.org podcast. Hockey Day is here, and who better to help us preview the state's favorite weekend celebration than White Bear Lake legend Ryan Carter. Plus, what do we think about Matt Dumba, the Minnesota Wilds goaltending, and the Flyers' failure on Pride Night? Find out in this week's episode. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Grain Belt, Jim Beam, and Royal Credit Union. This is Season 4, Episode 160. Celebrate your favorite Minnesota sports teams and moments with SodaStick.com. Relive the Met Center chairs, the Metrodome push, and so much more with unique and quality garb found only at SodaStick. Don't forget to add code BARDOWNBEAUTIES at checkout for 15% off all of your purchases. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition. Like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game, or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart, Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Fairmont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're back. Episode 161 of Bar Down Beauties. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com, Wild.com. Basically, anybody that will let me talk sports, write sports, that's where you can find me. She's Kirsten Kroll. She is the face of the Minnesota Wild. You will recognize her at every single Minnesota Wild home game. Uh, You'll love to see it. And he's producer Fred, not fired, as you can see. He shows up once in a while for us, uh, and we really appreciate it. How are we doing, guys? Doing good. Um. Yeah, I I'm tired today. I'm not going to lie. I might still be a little sweaty because I literally hopped out of my car from the gym to get to this record. So maybe hopefully that earns me some brownie points, just so you know, my dedication to this podcast. That is true dedication. She was sweaty yesterday while she was doing the Bardown Beauties preview. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on all of our social channels to go check that out. We love creating that content for you. Speaking of yesterday, you guys, and again, we were recording this on a Friday for a Monday release, so we won't dwell too much on yesterday's game in Carolina, but we got to talk about it. Matt Dumba, a healthy scratch. Now the rumor mill for Dumba's trade has been swirling even stronger than it has in years past Kirsten and rightfully so it's a contract year for him you're not going to be able to keep him Bill Guerin has already kind of publicly said this is probably his final season Matt Dumba has accepted that but a healthy scratch and I do believe it was a healthy scratch it wasn't because they're looking at moving him immediately by any means and it didn't appear that he was injured what are your thoughts on that did it surprise you I will say, I feel like I have been surprised just by this whole development. And I think this goes back to a few months ago when we were talking about it, because Bill Guerin has stated when he got here, he has been looking at how to possibly trade Dumba and it hasn't happened. And every single year he's been on the table being talked about how he could be traded this season. And as we know, it never has happened. And so this time, I think this is the only time it has ever actually felt real imminent. Like this is going to be happening soon. And even when Dumbo was asked about it the other day, his, I saw online, like his quote was saying, like, I'm just trying to enjoy my time here in Minnesota with the guys and um, just having fun every day. So even his response kind of made it sound like he knows his time is up and being a healthy scratch too. I think To be fair, he deserved to be scratched Mm -hmm. that game because of how he played the game prior. But I think the writing is on the wall. And this is the very first time it's ever felt like this is actually going to happen. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast over the course of a couple episodes. Like Dumba has struggled greatly and mightily this season. I mean, even more than he has in past. Again, Dumba has always been that high risk, high reward player. 
that reward has not been very apparent this year. And I don't know, a lot of people like to go back to his injury, his shoulder injury from that fight with Matthew Kachuk a couple years back, and how he hasn't quite been the same. And that is true. His slap shot has lost a lot of power behind it because that's a tough injury to deal, a tough surgery to go through. So I'm sure that's part of it. But just some of the mistakes, they are so glaring and so abhorrent that it's just like you can't ignore that. And I think I'm sure it was a difficult conversation. Again, Matt Dumba wearing the A for this organization as well. Jules Eric's neck, by the way, Fred got the A in replacement. So maybe a little writing on the wall there. We talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago too. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it needed to happen. He needed to get that message sent. I imagine the message was very well received by Matt Dumba with a little bit of angst, but um, it does. It makes kind of the storyline narrative surrounding him and potential trades even more so. Again, as a reminder, Dumba drafted by the Wild in 2012, uh, first round seventh overall uh, he's now 28 years old, a salary cap hit of $5.2 million um, that final year. So again, just looking at the cap crunch, you ain't keeping him around. So we'll see what happens moving forward again between now and the time of this release. There is that game on Saturday in Florida. I imagine Dumba's probably slotted back in there. Alex Goligoski, likely the odd man out. Let's stick with defense for a little bit, Kirsten. We saw, again, not to harp on the two games, but Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen. They were your goal scorers for a victory uh, on Tuesday night. And I think for me, it was a good reminder at what solid defensemen they are. I think so often, and we talk about it on a national scheme, that Spurgeon never gets the respect that he probably deserves. And Brody never does. And certainly in Minnesota, we are just very tied to them as, as people and as players. But I think it was a fantastic reminder that these are two really, really good blue liners in the National Hockey League as a whole. I'd agree with that a hundred percent. And I think possibly part of the problem is, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know why I'm getting this impression, but I feel like defensemen usually like they just make their presence known, whether it be vocally or just everywhere on the ice, taking those big hard hits all the time. But Brodeen and Spurgeon they they do do that at times, but it's just, they do the little things consistently right. And they do them really, really well. But also on the flip side with Spurgeon being the captain, we have talked many times, like more of a quiet leader, not having as big of a vocal presence out publicly, probably more so in the locker room. But I feel like that plays a factor to where at times it can seem like, where are they? It, it, are you catching what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I feel it's just because, yeah, they're just not as loud as other other guys. For sure. I mean, that cycle. That Brodine did. That was very Kaprizov-esque. Those at edge work. I could do that. Kirsten, could you do that? Um, I could not. I have flat mm. feet. I'm not going to use that as an excuse, <laughs> but like that is my reasoning. Um, but Jimmy, I think you should find any that. excuse you can to explain your skating. So I would definitely lean into the flat foot aspect. I need. I need help. Like legitimately, if you've seen these videos, help me. I will take lessons. <laughs> I don't have any money to offer you, but I could like. <laughs> give you some food appreciation we have appreciation to offer you maybe some wait i want to lean into this wait what (laughs) what kind of food are you offering to pay for your skating lessons i really don't know i was thinking like like triscuits and like cheese whiz or like what (laughs) no i don't have that in my house fred i eat healthy around here (laughs) i was thinking honestly like a beef stew because that's what I made for dinner last night. But then I was wow. like, no, I don't want to share that. Like, that's for me. So do you think that's I don't like know. a good lesson you're going to get? Or is it like a bad <laughs> lesson for beef stew? <laughs> I don't know. But then after I had just said that, I was thinking instead of me cooking for you, I will make Jesse cook for you. So oh. in order to get for this. That all know how to skate. What does Jesse get out of this? You know what? Seriously. That's fine. I, I appreciate you learning so I could have a little bit of competition. And by a little bit, I mean, just at least get on my level, which is still very low as well. Hey, if I, would if I like... had arches in my feet, I'd be all over the place. Oh, yeah, you boy. tell them, girl. Yeah, my kids are all flat footed, too. I am terrified for them. They can't serve now. It's just a shame. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, we did have one gentleman coach at St. Olaf women's team, Brandon Kunitz, who did reach out to let us come down and hang out with his team. So stay tuned. We might be doing that. Check out Kirsten skating on our TikTok channel. If you haven't already, it's a bar down beauties. TikTok people are loving it. Kirsten though. Good work. I'm scared. Content. I'm scared. Genuinely. Just content, baby. Sticking on 
the back end of the team for a minute. Guys, I want to talk about goaltending, but guess what? I want to talk about how good the goaltending has been. We touched a little bit on it in the last episode about Philip Gustafson um, and how big of a surprise he's been. Bill Guerin outrightly came and said, Philip Gustafson has been his biggest surprise this year. And me too. I started off the season calling him a bona fide backup, which I have since apologized for because uh, I was wrong. But I think, to be fair, everybody was wrong about Gus. Did you ever see this coming? And just how important is he going to be down this stretch as we round the corner in the second half of the year? I feel like he's not only earned my trust, but a lot of wild fans trust. And I think that's huge. Also, Jesse, I want to give you like some snaps, some stick taps, whatever. Um, this is growth. New year, new Jesse. Thank you. So yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, Fred, if we could eventually when she makes that formal apology in this episode, roll the tape back from the episode from that segment about Gustafson. I think that would just be the cherry on top. I appreciate how you always give Fred additional work in the midst of recording the episode. Like Fred needs to do this and this. He never does it, which is unfortunate. Don't do it. I think it's great. I think it's good content. We just want to hold you accountable, but this is also giving the listeners the receipts so they know where to go back. If you know, I, I just am encouraging it. I would want to put that on the table, but no, I think Gustafson has been fantastic. And now I think we kind of are at the point in the season to whether it's flurry in net Gustafson in net, you could win either night. Cause both guys have just been solid. So I'm happy we've been able to get to this point in the year. I mean, it's a great tandem, especially when the offense has not been able to produce like they should be shots on goals and opportunities and just, it's just been kind of rough to watch, but goaltending has certainly kept the team in this game for the most part. Not to say that they haven't let in some softies. That'll happen, but it's a good tandem. The only grief I have about goaltending right now is Dean refused to, refuses to call it a rotation when it is very evidently a rotation. You are literally playing these guys every other game, which, as people have pointed out to me on my uh, Twitter feed, is very much like what they were doing with Flurry and Talbot. And a lot of people are angry saying, expect Flurry to play in the playoffs because they won't play Gus and yada, yada, you know, going back to the whole drama surrounding Talbot and Flurry. Uh, but yeah, no, it's exciting. Again, goaltending is everything come playoff time. So as you're hoping that these two guys stay healthy, continue at the pace that they are. Um, and again, it, it brings up the great question of what do you do with Philip Gustafson next year? Do you re-sign him and give Jesper Wellstead a little bit more time to season down in Iowa? I don't know. I mean, we all know Bill Guerin is very adamant on letting his players develop, not rushing them into the National Hockey League. So maybe this is a good thing, a good option as well. So I love to see it. Final couple points that I want to make in this week's episode before we take a break and have Ryan Carter of White Bear Lake fame and Minnesota Wild and yada yada uh, join us to talk about Hockey Day Minnesota. I want to talk about St. Thomas University, you guys, a 75 million private donation to build a field house, I think basketball court, hockey arena. I'm not sure if other sports, I forget if they are, and those are the two big ones. I saw the renderings of the basketball court and hockey facility and oh me oh my it is a thing of beauty Kirsten it is no I was I was at the gym the other day when I saw it for the first time come up on the news and it's gorgeous if I'm excited to see the final product and it's going to be great for the game too I mean having that kind of facility as far as recruiting players go not only do hockey players want to play hockey in Minnesota especially with all of the top teams right in your backyard that you're consistently playing. But from a recruiting standpoint, just from the facility, which like we had just said, gorgeous, that's going to attract a lot of new players in and of itself. Um, The current St. Thomas Ice Arena, it's crowded. So I'm hoping to, I don't know what the parking situation is going to be. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better. Um, But also too, just having more room for fans to be able to actually sit and enjoy a game and really get that fan experience. I think it's all going to be awesome. I'm really excited. I mean, it just, just kind of just so- to throw this out there, though, people are calling my wife to try to talk to the news about how frustrated they are that they're doing this. 
like the neighbors around the the campus it's like they are absolutely like trying to shout at the news like no 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 what's there just because it'll be so large it's just chaos it's the the same thing like the 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 old ford plant down there there's no like infrastructure to get cars in and out of that Mm -hmm. area and now you're going to throw an arena that holds how many people in the Mm -hmm. same area using the same streets those people are upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, that is a really good point because they're building this super nice facility, right? I think next to the seminary is where they said, and it, there really isn't that much space. So seeing this logistically, how it's wow. actually going to play out and it's going to be interesting because yeah, like Fred, like you had just mentioned, like there's more family neighborhoods around that campus as opposed to like, St. Cloud State, there's neighborhoods down by the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, but it's weird that college you dorms. Yeah. I know, right? How did <laughs> just first that came to mind? But no, like it's college housing. So of course, like it doesn't matter. Like people aren't gonna have an issue with it. But yeah, I can see where people those, are. Those upset. roads are bad already. And then you add like traffic coming in multiple nights a week. It's it's gonna be pandemonium, but good for St. Thomas, but not good for those neighbors. <laughs> great for St. Thomas. I mean, again, aesthetically, it just pleases my eye. It looks good in Kirshen, as you'd mentioned, solidifies St. Thomas as this division one program here in the state of hockey. You love to see it. Another eye pleasing thing that I caught this week, the all-star game jerseys were released Eastern Western conference. That's taking place in Florida. Um, I'm loving them. Kirsten. they've got the hot pink. They got some kind of neon blue, a little bit neon baby blue, if you will, the black, the white, I love that it's just not blue and red as we have seen year after year after year. Agreed. Um, I feel like first off, when I saw those jerseys, I was like, gorgeous. How do I get my hands on one? How can I have one myself? But I mean, if Peep I NHL, one, if you could just hook us up with one of those, that'd be great. Just one, literally one just each. one, one each. Um, like, I yeah. might look like a poser, but I'll embrace it. Um, because we all know my skating skills. I'm no all-star, um, <laughs> but they're, they're pretty. They're a nice little kind of vintage throwback style. I feel like the NHL is progressively getting a little bit more fun and leaning into their fun side. And I think like these jerseys, definitely it's showing that they're kind of pushing their box, the NHL's own limits for what they've historically done and trying to do something different. And this is the kind of stuff the people want. This is what we want to see. This is how you get more fans engaged. And also the jersey sales, I feel like they'd be through the roof. Yeah, I agree. They're just, they look nice. They go with the whole theme that they've produced on the marketing side for the all-star game in Florida. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, You know, final point, a little bit more of a serious note that we should definitely talk about is in Philadelphia, they held their pride night last week and Ivan Provenoff, who has been in the news about trades and, and yada, yada, opted to sit out from pregame warmups because he did not want to wear the pride colored Jersey because it went against his beliefs, his religious beliefs, which is Russian Orthodox uh, post game. There was one comment made about it. John Tortorella said that he respected Ivan Provnov, which kind of contradicts past comments Torts has made about people kneeling and sitting out for the anthem, for instance. And it seems, you know, a lot of people were on that line, like, well, he should be able to do what he believes, but it's like, well, you can't pick and choose necessarily. Like this is, it's a five minute warm up. You shouldn't have probably played in that game because that's part of your job. We are asking you to wear this uniform as part of your job, not to mention the alienation that the LGBTQT2, I think now, right? I believe it's changed. Yes. Plus, uh, yeah. Um, but that community, the alienation you're having them feel by so blatantly and so publicly saying, I'm not going to do this um, has been tough. Kirsten, what did you make of that entire situation? Yeah, I think for me, it was just kind of, I took a little bit of time to process it. He is allowed to have his own viewpoints and Mm -hmm. make his choices, but those choices do not come without consequence. So in my opinion, what I felt like would have been the appropriate decision to take from a hockey op standpoint, you don't join your team because every single person besides you is wearing that warm-up jersey you don't play in the game. I think it's mm-hmm. that simple. And I was very disappointed with how Torts handled it. His comment that he made, like you had mentioned, just contradictory from what he said in the past. So I think I was just disappointed overall by the whole situation. But even more importantly, 
something that needs to be talked about is hockey talks about how it's for everybody. It's an inclusive game. The NHL statement that each club makes initiatives under their, their umbrella to make hockey known for everyone. What about this situation makes people part of that community feel like they're welcome? I'd seen tweets that were really upsetting to me just from an outsider who tries to support whichever way they can, that community. People saying like, I go to Flyers games by myself and I am part of that community and I don't feel welcome. Like, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to do? And it's like, this is just so many steps backwards and overall incredibly disappointing. And hockey is for everyone. Something Kirsten and I are particularly just passionate about because we truly do believe that. So yeah, to make anybody in any respect, whether it's about their religion, skin color, um, sexual tendencies, genetic, whatever it may be, you should be able to be felt welcome in the sport that we love so freaking much. It's just, it is, it's super unfortunate. And from even just an optic standpoint, it was a failure the way that NHL handled it, the way the Philadelphia Flyers handled it. Um, you know, cause I do, I will say, I agree with you, Kirsten, people are allowed to believe how they, what they want to believe. That's, that's not necessarily the case, but yeah, the way it's handled afterward, the accountability that needs to be there just wasn't, I mean, it's, it makes everything that, Philadelphia has ever said, or the NHL has ever said about being hockey is for everyone. It makes it seem like it's just lip service because those actions certainly did not prove that. And I think that's the biggest thing it's we've done enough talking this, this time about making hockey for everyone. It's damn time to make it actually for everyone. And this was, as you said, Kirsten, a step back. So very unfortunate, Fred, what you got. It's also a disservice to all of the people in the Philadelphia Flyers organization that did their best to show that hockey is for everyone. And it's a shame that one person decided to make a story about exclusion than mm -hmm. inclusion. Exactly. So it's, I mean, cause they, they, they put their hearts into that night and unfortunately it's not about that anymore. And shout out 100%. to the Flyers captains who I believe had a meeting with uh, that community. It was already predetermined that they were going to have this meeting, but they had just spent all this time making sure JVR being one of them. I forget whom the other one is, but yeah, I mean, a, credit to them for not letting that get in the way of how they were going to continue to support this community. So it's, and it's one thing. last thing on this matter too, that I feel is so important to when you make that decision, that was your choice, which you are allowed to make, but to then when the media starts asking you questions for why this was your decision, not only just to be, it's my religion. I'm not going to take any more questions on this, but we can talk hockey. That is such a cop out to me. If you're going to make that public of a decision, I think you owe people answers, quite honestly. So that was really frustrating to see. And I think moving forward, NHL should hold players accountable doing so. You should be able to back up why you made the choice that you did and publicly answer some questions. 100% agree. That's going to do it for our first segment here, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Ryan Carter joins us to look ahead at Hockey Day Minnesota. Before we get there, our high school hockey breakdown. This week's Let's Play Hockey High School Hot Topic is all about state. Who is the best boys team in the state of Minnesota? This past week, Warroad ranked number one in Class A, defeated Wyzetta, ranked number one in Class AA. Does that mean Warroad? Hockey Town USA is the creme de la creme of Minnesota high school hockey. By those standards, it would be silly to think otherwise. It also raises the question, should Warroad be a double-A team? Should Hermantown be a double-A team? Either one of those two teams could very easily win the Class AA tournament. Now, for some perspective, Warroad hasn't been crowned champs since 2005. It's been almost 20 years for Hockey Town. Hermantown, of course, has had their good fortune. They won last year and were back-to-back -back champs in 2016 and 2017, not to mention the Hawks have finished runner-up five times in a row between 2010 and 2015. So should they be a double-A team? Or should there be a third class? There are teams throughout the state who have zero chance of playing in the state tournament. None. Never. The Minnesota High School League has seven classes for football, four for basketball, and four for baseball. So should there be a third for hockey? Or do you want to go back to the OG days and simplify it to one big tournament with no class system? There are still many people in the state that think two classes are too many. They want to see Warwood playing Edina in the state finals. <laughs> Come on, be honest. Who wouldn't be watching that game? That's what made the high school hockey tournament back in the day so great. But in today's modern era, it's easy to argue that it's become more of a metro tournament. There is no Iron Range versus Big City rivalry anymore, something that initially drew the crowds 
to the big stage. They wanted to watch the Northern team come down and show the city folks what hockey was all about. By that measure, perhaps we shouldn't expand and instead go back to one class of hockey. At the end of it all, you want to give kids the opportunity to play in a state tournament. It's a tough decision. In the end, it's hockey, a great game and a chance for kids to learn so much, not just about the game, but about life. We want to hear your thoughts. Drop them in the comments below. Send a tweet out to us or let's play hockey and let us know what you think. Do you want to see an Iron Range versus Metro team for the state title? Should there be a double A versus an A for a true state title? We have the greatest format for hockey in the country, but how can we make it better? Let's discuss. Don't forget to use hashtag LPH bar down uh, when you respond. And again, tag us, tag Let's Play Hockey, and let's keep the conversation rolling. That's this week's Let's Play Hockey High School Hockey Hot Take. Joining us now, White Bears Finest, a true legend of the game, if not on your TV screen, and just an all-around fun guy, Ryan Carter. Carts, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, not a lot's going on. Just traveling with the team, but I actually get a break here. So uh, the the Wild just finished their game in Raleigh last night, and Lou Nanny comes in from the top rope and tags me out. So he's got the games in Florida, and I'm flying out of Raleigh. And, of course, there's uh, some flight troubles, so my flight's canceled. Now I'm scrambling. So, uh, But that's what I'm up to right now. How are you guys doing? Good. How was the TSA experience? I gave you the recommendation to make sure those shoes are off tight or do you have pre-check? Or are you just good to go? No, Raleigh. Well, this was a breeze getting in here and they, I didn't have to take anything out of my bag. So yeah, shoes were off right away, right through piece of cake. Nice. You're like the example that TSA wants. Like, look at this guy, this guy, he does it right. Uh, bummed for you that you don't get to go to Florida. However, I hear some of the guys are doing spear fishing. Have you ever, so when I heard spear fishing, Ryan, I got to tell you, they were talking about it during morning skate. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've always really wanted to go spearfishing. And I started talking about it on the ice because that's what I think of when I think of spearfishing is right, when right. you cut the rectangle in the ice and you throw a javelin. Apparently, there's a whole other body of water that you can fish in. Have you ice speared fish or have you ever done the ocean spearfishing that a couple of those youngins are going to be doing this weekend? So I have speared through the ice. I think it's a much different experience than what these guys are going to have in Florida. Uh, they're hoping for sunshine and cool waters. I think in the the ice fishing version, you're you're in a dark house, just right through the you know the four by four square. But uh, I think I'd prefer the way that they're going to do it. it. Sounds pretty fun. It's kind of like I don't know if it's a you, you dive under, you snorkel for a bit, and you go you you fire a I suppose a spear at a, a fish and we get it but uh sounds good brandon duhame says he's legitimate at it. he's good at it so i'm hoping that they get some good content because i want i want that to be validated um doer said that he could fight a shark do you think if you were in that situation you could as well <laughs> no i do not and i don't think doer could either uh he kind of strikes me as one of those guys that'd be on x-men he'll fight it with his mind somehow he's kind of a quiet dude he's probably has some superpower that we're unaware of where he'll just like you know just zap his brain waves and then that shark will just like flip upside down and it'll be petting its belly or something like that that is just that's actually so accurate now that i'm like picturing his face and just like these eyes that glow and yeah i like that that's a great comparison we're gonna figure that out fantastic let's dive into this week hockey day minnesota i feel ryan that you have had a hand in the Mankato one last year. Now it's going to White Bear. This is like the Ryan Carter Hockey Day Minnesota mania the past years. How amped are you for White Bear Lake to put on the show uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I'm excited. I think the community is excited. White Bear, very proud in terms of their their hockey tradition. And I think that they're, you know everybody's just stoked to have Hockey Day there. I will say, though, that I have come in and taken control of where it goes. So I obviously went Mankato, then White Bear. I, I took bids from War Road. So any of you communities out there, just know I've only got like one pocket left open to stuff. So see if you can't put maybe a bid or two in there. We'll see what happens. Um, no, um, I'm well, only I'm... kidding. I'm obviously on that. But... Um, I was going to say, I'm really happy that you brought that up because being from Rochester, Minnesota, I've tried to advocate year after year to bring hockey day down there. So now that I have direct communication with somebody who can make that happen, let's, let's put all yeah. the bids there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll move the money around so that I'll put it in the pocket where they have that fifth pocket so you can put a little extra in there and we'll see if we can't do for Rochester. A man of the people. Thank you. You're welcome. What a guy. Uh, you know, obviously the festivities start on Thursday night. Arch allies are going to be out there. I think you've got the celebrity game Thursday, uh, as well as one of the first girls games Friday. You've got the alumni game. Are you skating in both the celebrity game and the alumni game? Or are you picking one or the other? No, I am playing in both, but the celebrity game is first. So I cannot guarantee participation in the alumni game. There is a chance that because <laughs> I don't skate much. <laughs> I tell you, I, I do skate. So I coach my daughter's team. But yeah. that's a different kind of skating. So I haven't competitively skated for, geez, it's been a long time. But, uh, yeah, if I can get through that celebrity game, I'll be in both uh, the celebrity and the alumni game. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's a good lineup. A lot of these guys, I, I tell you what, though, I'm nervous about the alumni game because yeah. it's going to be the Super Bowl for some of these guys. And you just never know what it's going to be like. And they had tossed out originally the idea of White Bear versus Hill alumni. Ooh. Well, that just that just sounded like a bloodbath. So I think they pivoted and it's going to be white bear versus white bear. And that actually sounds like a bloodbath for me. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I can just imagine there's that one guy from Hill Murray and white bear that never got past the section. Fine. Like just still angry about it. Hasn't moved on. Still wears their letterman jacket. They just are waiting to drop the mitts when they finally see white bear again. Classic. Yeah. Well, that's what it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be guys. And I, I think it, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but it's, I think it's going to be competitive. There's going to be the, the winning spirit out there. The alumni game, I think, might be – that might draw a pretty good crowd, and I think it'll be worth the ticket. <laughs> and, and even talking a little bit more, when you're playing in those games, like, is there any sort of, ah, I'm going to go a little easy on these guys, or is it full force, no mercy? I think they go – if you've ever gone to a celebrity game, they they start off where it's cute and fun and everybody's enjoying it and then it's a one goal game down the stretch and all of a sudden <laughs> the the intensity picks up quite a bit. I anticipate uh, this alumni game starting somewhere in between those intensity levels and finishing slightly above those celebrity games. So, uh, but yeah, I think there will be some guys that are sneaky trying hard. It'll be fun. I will never forget an or a celebrity game at the Hendrickson Foundation and Mike Greenley was a net. And those celebrity games are nowhere where you want to be a goaltender. It's not made for goalies. They are going to give every advantage to the goal scorers. And I think at the end, he got like five goals let in and he was legit pissed off. Like not happy at all. Greenley just smacks a stick and skates off. And we're like, it's a celebrity game. It's fine. That goal was worth two points, by the way. The teams are now tied. It's a shootout. And classic you just love to see it uh you know what i think the other thing and i will say this as a matamidi alum i will give props to white bear for creating such good hockey players yourself included just how exciting is it to be able to share the white bear lake tradition because as you and i have joked before people forget about the whole northeast section of the state (laughs) very often uh but i mean this is your guys's time to shine and remind folks what is up here in white bear how great of a town it is and uh some of the players that have come from it yeah, and there's more than just the lake around, right? And uh, it, it'll be fun. That'll be a good matchup, too. You know, White Bear, Hill, or not Hill Murray, that'll always be a good one. But Matamidi's got a good game as well. So the, the whole Northeast is kind of going to be featured there. And I think that was an important thing for the local organizing committee to make sure that everybody gets a piece of this because it is, you know, as much as it's it's White Bear Lake, it's we're very proud of the Northeast. And, yeah, there's some good teams in the Southwest and, you know, the, the Northwest, I suppose. But, hey, don't forget about us over here. You, you cross the river. We're not so bad, you know. But yeah. it'll, it'll be good and showcase some of the players. I think, you know, I, I think about high school hockey, too. It's been challenging for some of these schools to keep their players because the landscape is changing a little bit. You know, and White Bear has some good Bantam players. And for the high school team to be able to showcase, hey, these are the kind of opportunities you get that you can have the big stage and, um, if they can win that game, I think that'll be critical too, because there's young players in the pipeline that are skilled. And um, as we know, there's there's the junior avenue, there's private school avenues, and um, the more you can do to keep these players this, these days, uh, the better. So um, all in all, I think it's going to be a great day and uh, a good one for white bear hockey. My husband has a shirt that says Matamidi, the better side of the lake, by the way, because that's what my brother got him just as a constant is- reminder. Is it a size small? Because it's the small side of the lake. Oh, There's only only a little bit over there. (laughs) Extra small. Didn't.
Um, while we're, while we still have you, I want to turn you into a little bit of a tour guide for a second. So, I mean, hockey day, people come from all over the state this year coming to white bear. What are some of the spots people can go to while they're in the lovely town of white bear Lake? White bear's got a, a, a very cute downtown and there's some good shopping. So if you get down there early, depending, you know, the, the girls games early. And for me, that's an important one. I'm going to be there for that. My daughters play and it's, it's great for my girls to see the girls have their moment on, on the ice sheet and, and see how cool it is. So we'll be there, but um, whether you pop in and out of white bear, check out downtown for sure. It, it's cute. They've got some good spots. There'll be plenty of options for bloody Mary's and, and good food if that's what you're into. Uh, but I, I think the on-site stuff is going to be cool too. So I, I think you're going to be happy. And, and they're, I think they're going to run buses from downtown to hockey day. They'll drop you off and it'll be frequent, but I think you're going to want to spend a majority of your time on-site. There's going to be some pretty cool activations and, and places to go, uh, entertainment. And whether you have the children or not, I think you'll find some fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I know I've seen only glimpses of what they've got out there at Polar, which for those that aren't aware, Polar's right off of like 35 as you're heading north. You can kind of see it off to the right there or yeah, it's on to the right, right? Am I right with that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. technically it's on the east side. Yep. Yes. Boom, yeah. <laughs> east side. East side for life. I can't remember if it was you or Alex Stalock who was like, we have Wi-Fi up here and everything. It's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> people yeah. just think. So no matter no no matter how I describe where we're going, I always use an east side reference. So it's on the east side of 35. You just have to keep going west to be able to say, yeah, it's east of 694. It's east of, you just got to pump up the east, you know? Just pump up the east. I love it. I completely support that. I mean, the one thing, and it's not meant to be a total chirp, Karts, but I'm going to say it. What do you think White Bear has to do to say that, you know, when they beat Hill Murray, to get out of that first game at the state tournament because historically it's never happened ever, ever in your history, right? What, what is it about that first game at XL energy center at the state tournament that just seems to get the best of white bear, no matter who the opponent is. Good question. Really good question. If I had the answer, I think I'd be behind the bench. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the, I, I, my daughter's team goes through something similar. We're a good hockey club, but we face one that um, in, in tough games, other teams in tough games, and we, we play well enough, but just not quite good enough to win. So um, the team is good enough, and the players are good enough to win these games. It comes down to being mentally prepared and, and believing that you can do it. So I really think that that's where White Bears have. They've somehow got to hit the mute button whenever they get there next, and not listen to any of the noise, not have that thought in the back of your head and just kind of plow through it. Um, if they could find a way to use it as motivation, that, that would be a positive thing. But um, for me, I, I think it's just a matter of mentally being stronger and being prepared. Again, we always have to go through Hill Murray. That, that's another thing that I think is an issue. Is that historically, I always had to go through Hill Murray and that's the big game. And you go to the state tournament and it's almost like, you take your foot off the gas a little bit because the big game was the Hill Murray section final. Everybody goes there. That's the one you want to win. All of a sudden you go to the state tournament, you take a breath and all of a sudden you look after, you know, three periods and you've lost. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it happened so fast. What, what the heck? And then it's <laughs> off to Mariucci and nobody's happy. Um, but yeah, those two factors, I think they've, they've got to find a way to be professional after they win that section tournament and then block out the noise and, and play a good game. I would love to see it. I have plenty of friends from White Bear. Like I said, my husband's from White Bear. So I would like to see them advance. Granted, my dad's a Hill Murray guy. So, you know, give or take there what we will. Um, you know, you had mentioned your daughters are playing. How's the girls program doing for uh, White Bear? Are they kind of up and down? I know they've also had some really strong players come in and out through that program. What's their outlook uh, so far this season? Well, I think what's encouraging is that the, the numbers for the girls are going up. There was a, a lull there. Um, 12s, 15s, U, U12, U15, where the numbers weren't as strong, but at the U10, we're starting to see more numbers. U8, I've got two girls in it, and th that's encouraging, too, that, that hockey's kind of making a revival on the girls' side. I, I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. The girls are enjoyable to coach. They're happy. Uh, my daughter happens to be a stinker, and she challenges her dad quite a bit, but um, <laughs> they're, they're good. They're fun. They listen. They compete. You know, 
And I, one thing I'm learning too is as much as it's about hockey, those girls care about each other and being in a locker room and just having fun. And um, it, for me, it, it probably took 30 years to understand the value in that, maybe even 40, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's fun to be a part of. It's fun to watch and I enjoy coaching whenever I can. Is it true? And I did a story on this and I've spoken to a couple coaches, men and women who coach women's and girls at different levels. Girls listen so literally as opposed to boys, right? Like if you tell the girls to go do X, Y, Z, they do it to a T, whereas the boys kind of have a different approach. Is that pretty accurate from your perspective? Yeah, they do. They do listen. Uh, they listen <laughs> intently, uh, but they, they also can get squirrely too, you know, and you mm -hmm. got to rein them in a little bit. Uh, but I try to keep it light. Here's an example. The, the girls all have the, I don't know what you call them now, fanny packs, crossbody bags. Belt oh bags. yeah. I'm not young enough and cool enough to wear those, but I've seen them. I'm intrigued. Yeah. They're very so they're called, in right now. Yeah. They're called like belt bags, I think. And so the girls all have belt bags and they're Lululemon belt bags. So whenever they get together as a team, each one has, has their bag. And it's so hilarious to me. So <laughs> the, Last pregame speech I gave, I walk in and I've got a belt bag. It's actually one of my daughter's fanny packs. It's like a light blue and gold kind of. I've got it hidden under my jacket. So I go for the dry erase board and I purposely left the marker away. So I unzip my jacket, get the crossbody bag out, unzip it, get the expo marker, and the girls go bananas. And they're just like, where are you? And and that's how that's how you motivate the girls. That was all I needed for the pregame speech, right? Was to just pump up the energy a little bit, try to relate with them, and then they go out and they play their little butts off for you. So mm -hmm. um, the girls are a little different, but uh, they're they're just so much fun. Would you recommend to Dean to try the same sort of effect sometime during a game, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dean, why don't you pull that marker out of your fanny pack and uh, <laughs> let's see how it works? <laughs> I could just see met with the yeah yeah down a goal down a goal six on five drawn up the face off play just <laughs> turn that fanny pack around grab the dry erase marker and let's go <laughs> brilliant before we let you go ryan one final question speaking of the wild you're obviously working very closely with them we see you on bali sports north bali i say bali brian i don't know why i i wanted to call you out so bad right there <laughs> bali sports north i can't help it i don't know why um and then also with Stanley on seventh with John King, another white bear guy. Tell me about your podcast endeavors there and uh, what folks can expect coming up on some future episodes with you. So I, I wholeheartedly believe again, when it comes to white bear needing to win this game, that there's something about the energy and the vibe of a building of a community. And, and it lends itself to either winning or losing. And I think Minnesota sports fans, the, the way that they approach sports, it lends themselves to being like losers. They have these self-fulfilling prophecies where they're afraid to invest in a club and afraid, afraid to have fun. And they don't like enjoy the ride that they're on. They're just waiting for like it to drop and for that moment to say, see, I told you so. I was never going to invest <laughs> in this club. They were going to lose no matter what. I knew it. Right. And so yeah. the podcast that John and I that we're trying to work on is to try to break that mold. Like we want fans to just like enjoy the time. And not every game is going to be perfect, but you know, the end result, it, it'll be better if you enjoy it, if you're positive, because as a player, you could feel it. You could feel like one goal game down the stretch that somehow that crowd doesn't believe you're going to hold on. You can feel the negative energy or the nervous energy. And I equate it to like, you're, you had a bunch of buddies growing up and you'd walk into their different houses and you could feel the energy at each different house, right? Like one might've been happy, go lucky one, their parents might've been strict and you were like buttoned up and tight. And I mean, you could feel the difference just in the energy when you walked into the house, that's how the arena is. And if the arena has the expectation that winning is going to occur, no matter what, that your team can hold out a, a tight game and win the big one. I think that energy transfers throughout the building. So we're trying to train fans to be the right kind of fans, to be winning fans. And if they can do that, there'll be a parade on 7th Street. That's very philosophical. But can we just, can the Vikings <laughs> win a playoff game maybe? And then maybe we don't feel so that's, bad about ourselves. That's, that's deep. That is deep. You know, I tell you what, if the Vikings need help training their fans, uh, they can just send them on over. They can subscribe to the podcast and we'll uh, we'll get it going. But yeah, no, we have a lot of fun. We really do. So we get the players on. Um you know, we try to get a guest a week and, and we don't try to talk hockey X's and O's that much. It's, it's more, let's get to know these people so that we like these people and we root for these people.
Right, exactly. And the Wild have some of the best in the league. Ryan, you being one of them, thank you so much for taking the time. Hopefully, uh, wings up soon. Wheels up. It's wheels up. Wings are always up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead, Kirsten. Give it to her again. Yeah, she's on fire. Give it to her. As soon as we get off this call, I'm just going (laughs) to rip her a new one. I have so much content right now I can roll with. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's been one of those days. It's one of those Fridays. But thanks again, Ryan, so much for joining. Again, you can watch him on Bally Sports North and find more content with him on wild.com as well as their YouTube channel. Carts, we'll talk to you. We'll see you out at Hockey Day on Saturday. All right, sounds great. Go Bears. Talk soon, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. Shout out again to Carts for joining us. Always a good time, especially talking northeast side of things because that's very near and dear to my heart, even if it is White Bear Lake. One day I will embrace that I do, in fact, now live in White Bear instead of Matamide, but damn, I'm working my way over there to that other side of the lake. Cannot wait. Also, one final note. I hope Karts does not go easy on his alums because in case you guys missed it last year, I went out, skated with him and some on the bench boys and Karts absolutely dangled me, dropped me on my ass, like just not great. And I came home so upset. Now, mind you, I don't skate. I've never played hockey. I can, I can move around the ice fine. That's about it. And I was so mad. You would have thought that I like didn't just get dangled by a Stanley Cup winner, like a no name to like that. And my husband's like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm better than that when really I'm not. So we're so competitive. It's terrifying. I know. I know. It really is. I already see those glimpses in my children. And I was like, oh, dear God. It's going to be Avery. Avery is going to be the one. She is feisty. She's now she's taken to tackling the boys when they do something she doesn't like like it's very funny at first we were like oh she's hugging them it's like no she's full-blown trying to take them down I'm waiting for her to like kick them in the knees and just bring them to the ground I tell you but she of all the kids has the best style so I really appreciate that speaking of style segue uh this week's up for debate we discussed which member of the wild has the best style. Now, I chose these three players based on some photos I saw from Minnesota Wild's Instagram of the pregame walk-in. So I don't know that they all necessarily dress this way pretty consistently, so maybe it's not a fair judgment, but I selected Ryan Reeves because, as Sarah Sivian mentioned to us in last week's episode, she is or he is her number one style guy for the Minnesota Wild, even before he came to the Wild. I also selected Mason Shaw because that look he had in that photo I used on our Twitter's up for debate was just sharp. He had the glasses. He had kind of a scarf, I believe, and a nice coat look like it was just a good look. And then Marcus Foligno, because everyone has a little place in their heart for some moose. And he tends to dress, I think, fairly well. He had the nice pea coat, the very classic look. None of these three players were wearing beanies that also went heavily into my selection. So Kirsten, without further ado, which of those three guys did you like best or who do you think dressed best? And then do you have an honorable mention for somebody maybe that wasn't included as an option? Ooh, well, I have a breakdown for each of those three. I took notes. So starting with Marcus Felino, I love that he differentiated himself. He went with the brown, more neutral color look. I think the one thing missing from that look, he could have gone with a wide brimmed hat and that would have taken it next level. So because of that, um, I'm not going to be picking him. I just felt like, it was missing something. And it was that wide brim hat going over to Ryan Reeves. I feel like that's just Ryan Reeves. I personally, I like his style better out of the rink. Like when he's just walking around like everyday living, I feel that's more of his true style, but he, mm-hmm. I think just has this presence during those pregame walk-ins. Mm-hmm. He looks great. He does, but it was just, again, like It didn't have that Ryan Reeves touch to it that I think he shows when he's away from the rink. So that being said, Mason Shaw, his was so different, so classy. I also mentioned it kind of with the glasses gave like first Spider-Man vibes like Peter Parker. Um, The glasses, I just, I keep going back to that in the scarf, (laughs) the Peabody coat. It was just so different, so stylish, very classic. I'm going Mason Shaw. I'm an idiot. Did I not know pea coat was actually short for Peabody coat? Did I say Peabody? Yeah. Is oh, that I don't thing? know. I don't know if that is. I don't know. Is don't that know. accurate? Is that what it's called? Fred? Somebody fact checked me. I'm not. Do I look like I'm in the fashion game? I'm not. I'm not. I think you're probably right. That it is. I think it is a Peabody, Peabody coat. 
I think wow. it is. It's just ingrained, like a core memory of mine that it just <laughs> rolls out. And then you like point it out. And I'm like, I have, what did I say? I wasn't, I was just, I had no idea that that's what it was short for. I just, peacoat. It's a peacoat. I had, I have owned like two peacoats in my entire life because they just don't work for me, but I try to make it. Um, I would agree. Those are, that's a great breakdown. I don't have as deep of a breakdown. I just think Ryan Reeves always looks sharp. So I'm going to go with Ryan Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That image itself, you know, there was not much imagination to it, but I appreciate a man, and this is of across the board, just a well-fitted suit and how much that can mm. do for you. It's just, you need it. No matter what your body type is, like a nice, well-fitted suit. You need, I mean, in general, we all need clothes that fit us. If you wear clothes that are either too small or too big, it's not flattering anybody. But uh, I think Ryan Reeves does a very good job at getting clothes that fit his body, his big build. And uh, he gets style points for me. I think an honorable mention might be, I like Kirill Kaprizov in his beanie. I know he's super attached to the beanie, but it works for him. You know, I agree, but I just want to see not a beanie. They all <laughs> wear beanies. Like I'm going to send one of them. I feel like they were trolling us days. after our episode because there was one where I saw literally every single one of them was wearing a beanie. I was like, this feels like a <laughs> troll job. Like, no, I don't that's know. just literally what they do every single game. Like mm -hmm. it's just Proof in the pudding right there. Also, when I was leaving the gym this morning, I thought I saw Ryan Reeves in the parking lot. Then I remembered he's on a road trip right now. But twins, like I found his doppelganger in the parking lot of the gym this morning. At the gym this morning, there was a gal wearing a Marcus Foligno shirt. And I've noticed her wearing a hockey shirt, Minnesota Wild oriented every single day. She's always there at the same time. And she finally waved at me. So next step, we might be to come gym buddies. Who knows? She seems cool. Again, wearing uh, hockey gear. I'm always all for that. So granted, I, last place I want to talk at is at the gym. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We are going to be bouncing around at Hockey Day Minnesota as much as we can, probably beginning Thursday at the Celebrity Game, Friday the Alumni Game, and certainly Saturday for, again, as much as we can possibly be out there. Cannot wait. It's just in my backyard there. So that is fantastic. Uh, as Karts had mentioned, it's White Bear is a really fun town. You guys will have a ton ton of fun uh checking out downtown or on site i imagine there will be plenty i know they've got a warming house bands playing uh all the good stuff so in between games plenty to keep you and your family entertained uh so certainly if you guys see us out there be sure to stop say hello still taking requests uh to teach kirsten and i how to skate don't forget to toss that out there maybe teach fred how to skate too because i know he thinks he's pretty good but fred some comments on the tiktok no. would suggest otherwise no i'm not that great I'm just okay, the best yeah. of us three facts. Fair. That is facts. Yes. Nope. That's that is fair. Also, um, it's not hard to be better than me. So. Also fair. Also very, very fair. Uh, again, thank you to everybody for checking us out. Thank you to talk North for featuring us on their network. Shout out to soda stick. Thank you to everybody who purchased uh, bar down beauties merch through soda stick.com last week in that window. Those deliveries should be out there. Cannot wait to see your picks of you in your soda stick bar down beauties gear uh you can still make purchases of any sort at sodastick.com use code bar down beauties for 15 percent off shout out to royal credit union less fee more free uh jim beam cheers to you cheers to me as well as grain belt our next show is in da -da -da, red wing more details and information coming to you on that uh in next week's episode and along on our social media channels subscribe rate like follow all the good stuff you guys rock. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you at Hockey Day. Bye.